welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture, presented by Cape and Cowell Comics. I am Henry Liu, and today I'm once again joined by Rainier. Rainier, how's it going, man? It goes. What's up, um, man? Well, what is up is today is March 19th, 2019. And uh, kind of a special thing is happening tonight at midnight. The Fox acquisition is official as of midnight tonight. The Disney acquisition of Fox. And, uh, you know, we've talked some about this, but the ramifications are pretty immense. Uh, Not the least of which is the comic book side of things, right? Because... The Fox properties include Deadpool and the X-Men and Fantastic Four, right? Uh, So officially, tonight, uh, we could see these characters in the MCU, right? By the way, did you notice how Deadpool is like the official uh, welcome-y, welcome welcome wagon person to to (laughs) I've been noticing that. Yeah, I think Ryan, Ryan Reynolds is kind of self-proclaiming that you know what i mean he's been in everything disney yeah he's taken over man um but it's exciting right there's a a whole another universe opening up here right so i'm stoked now do you think there's gonna be any of that in endgame maybe a little teaser at the end what do you think oh you know I don't know because we're so close to the release of Endgame that everything. So if this is officially being done now, yeah. I don't know if legally they were able to do anything prior. Ooh, good question. Could so, they do it even if they wanted to? I mean, if mm. it's like post production, isn't this like really late in the game for post production? You would think. Although you know, remember the uh, oh the, the end of Avengers? Yeah, the shawarma scene. I heard they shot that really late in the game. You know, they had already done the international release and everything, and they shot that, like, literally, like, a week or two before the U.S. release. So, what does that mean? You know, we could see something. You know, I'm keeping my eyes open for some snickety-snick, some Wolverine claw action or something. I'm going to predict uh, either a Fantastic Four nod at the end, like, post or mid credit scene. Maybe even an X-Men nod. Mm-hmm. I'm almost thinking there's gonna be some sort of X-Men nod. That, that's that's what I'm thinking. But you know, we'll see. Okay. Uh, so other Marvel news: James Gunn has been reinstated for Guardians of the Galaxy Three. Pretty surprising in my book. Uh, it seemed like this was completely dead in the water. Disney was holding uh, its stance. Um, but he's back. What do you think about that? Yeah, he's that? officially back. Yeah. Although it coincidentally was announced at the same time that he was announced for um, uh, Suicide Squad. That's right. Yeah. So I'm wondering, is this Disney's way to like one-up that news? Like, are they really <laughs> trying to one-up DC? Is that what's happening? I don't know. Who knows? Because that didn't come out at the same time, right? First, it was, ooh, James Gunn, he's going to be directing the new Suicide Squad. And then it was slowly revealed that he's planning on making a reboot of Suicide Squad. And then all of a sudden, oh, reinstated back onto Guardians of the Galaxy. Hey, you might be onto something there. Because I feel like his hiring onto Suicide Squad 2 in the first place was a bit of a reaction. Like DC being like, oh, 
let's get someone from the other side and like turn him against his uh, original masters or something, you know? Uh, so this very well could be the same, you know, Marvel doing the same to DC. And knowing that he's going to be doing it together and he's double dipping between Marvel and DC, I wonder I wonder if he's going to be at a crossroads like where does he <laughs> want to continue, you know, his, uh, his 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 directing gig. Yeah, I wonder. It reminds me a little bit of JJ Abrams, Abrams yeah. right, doing Star Wars and Star Trek, so playing both sides of the fence a little. Um, I I'm interested, you know, like I I thought it's I thought it was pretty cool that Disney is letting Gunn finish Suicide Squad 2. And they're like, oh, whenever you're ready, let's do Guardians 3. And they're not imposing much of any kind of restrictions. They're like, you know, when you're ready, let's go. Um, I don't really like how they, like, fucked with him <laughs> in the first place. But the fact that they're kind of letting him do his thing now, that's kind of cool, I think. Yeah. Well, how is he also going to come back, too? Like, is he, you think because he's been such a sensitive topic that there there are going to be more eyes and restrictions on the way he's going to do things you think that might have an effect on guardians 3 or do you think they're just going to let loose completely and say okay well just do what you've done before we're going to leave you alone that is a good question i wonder and marvel has had a a, a really you know bad track record of like their third films that is true and they also haven't had the best track record taking care of their filmmakers you know i know whedon and favreau and edgar wright have had a lot of struggles with Marvel Studios. So that's a good point. You know, it's it might not be all, you know, rainbows and unicorns right now, right? There might be some strict uh, guidelines for gun, possibly. Who knows? Yeah. Okay, so I think that's enough of the news. We can get right into our main topic, which is Captain Marvel. Finally, a female-led Marvel Studios movie. After 30 plus <laughs> Marvel movies. It's a long our time. first coming. female lead, yeah. It's, it's this long. It's almost embarrassing, um, but it's finally here. And uh, yeah. Well, we did get Agent Carter, but that's television. That's not quite yeah. the same arena as movies. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of the first legit female-led Marvel movie. You know, you could argue Wasp is ant-man's partner in the ant-man sequel but i mean come on let's be honest that was ant-man too it was ant-man and the wasp (laughs) right uh and the wasp her name was second right so (laughs) yeah and the wasp was awesome evangeline lily was i I really loved her as the wasp she's uh, definitely good in the role um but yeah finally we have a legitimate no doubt female-led marvel movie uh so as we often do uh, let's go through it a bit without spoilers, and then we can dive into sp- uh, spoiler territory. We'll give a spoiler alert when we do that, too. By the way, do you think that Captain Marvel being released was an answer or a response to uh, Wonder Woman being so successful? I have to think yes. Like, look at the timing. Wonder Woman came out, what, two years ago? It was a big smash hit critically and box office-wise. And I have to think, like, right after that opening weekend, or maybe even before opening weekend, when the buzz was starting to build up, there were some pretty anxious Marvel executives being like, oh, shit, we fucking dropped the ball. We need to get on this female superhero thing. You know, I have to think, yes, absolutely. And also, why Captain Marvel, not Black Widow, who's been around forever? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, to me, and we'll get into it, but this movie, Captain Marvel, it resembled Wonder Woman in a lot of ways, you know? Not the least of which is a very powerful female superhero. You know, if we had a superhero like the Black Widow, completely different movie. I think they really wanted to replicate Wonder Woman. They wanted a real force in this universe. And, um, you know, now it exists with Captain Marvel. So where do you stand with Captain Marvel? What's your off-the-bat, non-spoilery take? Well, um, I'll preface this with the fact that I'm not a woman, and I'm a huge comic book and Wait, superhero what? fan. <laughs> this news to you, uh, Springer. <laughs> I'm a huge superhero movie fan. You know this. We all know this. Um, so in a sense, hell yeah, this movie was for me. But in a lot of ways, it's not specifically for me, you know? So I will preface that. Um, I'm going to segue that into something after you make your comment. (laughs) Okay. So the comment is simply that I liked this movie, but I didn't love it. Let's put it that way. I feel the same way. I I had really big expectations for Mm -hmm. Captain Marvel. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest, I, I, I had Wonder Woman as a benchmark yep. to meet up to. And, you know, they're completely different movies, completely different storylines. Um, both of them come from completely different places. Mm-hmm. But it felt, it felt a little short to me. Um, yeah. I mean, all everything that's awesome about Marvel movies, they were all in there. The formula was in there. The recipe was in there. I don't know how I totally feel about Brie Larson as Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, but I didn't enjoy it as much as I wish I would have. I really okay. wanted to love this movie. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I think we're on the same wavelength here, but um, you can't help but compare it to Wonder Woman, right? I mean, the release dates are pretty close together, and yeah, I do feel like this movie was in response to the success of Wonder Woman. So heck yeah, of course you have to compare. And um, guess what? This Marvel super fan will 100% admit that Wonder Woman is the superior film. Hands down, there's no question. That is the better movie. I'm saying that right now. Um, I do agree that uh, Captain Marvel was enjoyable and by no means am I saying, you know, thumbs down, don't go watch this movie. There's a lot to like about it, but yeah, it didn't really achieve greatness. And um, the MCU has a pretty high bar these days, right? So the fact that this wasn't a great movie, yeah, certainly a slight disappointment. I mean, you hear about how people talk about, oh, another origin story, another origin story. I know that, I don't know if they had that in mind because they did really take a very unique perspective of how she became Captain Marvel. Yeah. But I think I would have appreciated a pretty solid origin story. You know, I'm kind of with you because I feel like they caved into the pressure of not doing an origin story. So they threw you right in the middle of things in the very beginning. And that kind of didn't work for me, you know? Like, that whole first 20 minutes or so, I was like, what am I watching here? I was completely, like, jarred and wasn't sure what to make of it, you know? Yeah, I want to say the movie didn't really pick up for me until, man, like the latter, like, third part of the movie. Okay. Yeah, I think it was a little earlier for me. I think when she got to Earth, things kind of 
picked up the pace a bit, but I know what you're saying. Like, it, it took a while. It took a while for the, the engines to rev up. So well, that thing I was going to segue into about yeah. how you were talking about, you know, you're not a, we're not women. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did you follow the comments she had made, like, prior to the movie coming out about how she was talking about the, dem- the demographics of, of movie critics? Uh, no. How mm-hmm. she made this comment about how, I mean, I'm, I'm totally paraphrasing here, okay. but something about how, um, you know, 40-year-old white men, you know, this movie is not, you know, these movies are not made for you. Something ah. to that effect. You didn't hear any of that at all? No, but that's funny she said that because I kind of feel like that's what I experienced. Well, she, so, so what she did was the way that she, the way that she explained this was um, looking at the landscape of what, what, the demographics of what critics make up something yeah. to the effect of like you know 67 percent or are white males over the age of 40 um i wish i could get that exact quote but she's mm-hmm. like i i, I don't want to hear you know a 40 year old white dude <laughs> telling me that they didn't like a wrinkle in time something something <laughs> oh, like, shit. like okay. that okay yeah and nice. then she and and you know i i i see the message that she was trying to get out about how yeah. like um you know you know, like critics of a film, yeah, it should be it should be a diverse landscape because then you'll get perspectives from other groups that you may not um, see from different groups. Yeah, and I think had she said it that way, as opposed to calling out specifically forty-year-old <laughs> white dudes, I think that struck a chord with a lot of people. Okay, yeah, um, it's it just it just I feel like it just came off a little weird. And it, you know, looking at all the tweets of the uh, of of Captain Marvel, like everyone seem to have like refocused every comment to that very one specific comment oh, okay i mean it has nothing to do with the movie but it yeah. seems to have resonated with a lot of people where they would just continue a- every comment she'd make they'd be like oh do 40 year old white dudes like that or oh, you know what i mean yeah and so i think yeah. yeah it's 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 interesting it is interesting especially considering the fact that i was a bit lukewarm on it you were a bit lukewarm on it and the fact that my wife who I saw it with just a couple days ago, really, really enjoyed it. So that's why I brought up that comment. You know, the fact that a woman thoroughly enjoyed this movie, I feel like, well, you know, that's that's the audience that should be pleasing. I'm not necessarily a person who should be, you know, the authority on like, oh, it has to be me who loves it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And I mean to the the side of 40 year old white dudes i'm pretty sure there are movies that they've seen that aren't made for 40 year old white dudes <laughs> and they gave it a you know positive uh review you know what i mean yeah um yeah. but yeah that's a whole other controversy <laughs> in 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 of itself but it seems like that is just completely attached to brie larson and people just can't get over it uh, that's unfortunate it is unfortunate yeah okay here spoiler, we go spoiler alert. alert so everything's fair game at this point, and um, I think we should reiterate: neither of us disliked this movie. Uh, I think we just felt like it could have been better, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if do you, did you like Brie Larson as Captain Marvel? Like, do you think she fit the bill? I mean, this is this is this is the character that Sam Jackson is calling as the Hail Mary, right at the end yeah, yeah. of Infinity War. Yeah. You know, I did like Brie Larson's performance, um, but yeah, actually the question I posed is a good one. Could this movie have been better? I don't know if it could have been better, you know? Um, I think inherently when you have 
a superhero with godlike powers like this, it's kind of hard to relate to that superhero, right? So when Captain Marvel is at her full strength at the end of this movie, she is all powerful, and um, there are certainly some cool visuals where she's blowing up shit right and left, uh, but the appeal of Marvel movies to me really is the identifiability of the, of the superheroes, and I couldn't really find myself being able to relate to this character much at all. I mean, my, my impression overall was, did you notice every, everywhere she was standing, she had like a clenched fist, yeah. very, um, very firm, like mm-hmm. facial expression. I, I get that they're trying to show strong, a strong woman. I, I get yeah. that, you know, I, and they, I think they just, I think there could have been a little bit more, uh, uh of, of, more more balanced if they showed more of a, a sensitive side or um, like just a little more well-roundedness like I get that you're strong but like yeah, there's so there's a scene where they show Brie Larson they, 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 they just do a flashback of like all of the obstacles she had to overcome um, pointing towards the pointing towards like you know males like putting her down and keeping her down right yeah but that happened in like almost like a five second clip, you know, right. and I don't know how well that stuck that she was that she was just constantly kept down. And, you know, she 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 didn't have her moment to shine up until this point. Like, I, I wish they would have explored some of that a little bit more, like some mm-hmm. of the obstacles she had to face in in a little bit more depth. Yeah, it just yeah. came so quickly. Yeah, the uh, the storytelling in this movie was a little clunky, I thought, you know, it was kind of all over the place, and um, I like weird, like weirdness is good, but um, like, not only did I compare this movie to Wonder Woman, but I also compared it to some of the Thor movies, you know, the first Thor movie, there are certainly some elements of that movie that are present in Captain Marvel, the whole fish out of water on Earth thing. But also with Ragnarok, Ragnarok is like weirdness in the best possible way. You know, that's a weird fucking movie. Like they just went for it, full weird. They went full weird. They went for it. This movie was weird, but like in not the best way. (laughs) It's hard to explain. Um, But there were some kind of uh, trippy uh, visualizations she was having with the Kree AI and, of course, all these flashbacks. And it was certainly weird um but definitely not as comedic as ragnarok and just yeah weird but just weird for the sake of weird almost not weird in a good or funny way no i don't think this movie was super weird <laughs> like <laughs> not I mean, weird enough i mean i feel like it had all of the same coach mark that you would see in all the marvel movies like lots of action you know a good amount of humor a good amount of seriousness like it yeah. was all there but it just didn't seem to have the right rhythm yeah yeah, rhythm. That's a good term. It, and I think a lot of it. I think a lot of it is because of like they didn't, you know. I mean, they didn't. I don't know. They didn't invest a whole lot into like where she really came from because you don't see a whole lot of what she did on Earth. We we, we know she was in the Air Force. Yeah. We know she was in a go kart accident. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then on Cree, you don't get a whole bunch uh, as as a Cree, right? That's the name of their group, right? Yep. That's the species. You know, she can fight. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like her, her, I don't know. It's like they, it's like they dabble just enough where like you don't get the full picture. Mm-hmm. And I know they were trying to go with like this nonlinear timeline, 
but it seems like there could have been more to have been explained. I don't know if they were just under time constraints. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it does go a little back to the fact that they didn't want to do a straight-up origin story, and that's why, yeah, they did a non-linear narrative, and things were kind of disorienting. Um, and I think done right, that kind of story, storytelling can be great, but yeah, I don't think it was really nailed here. You know, The storytelling was a little bit clunky. My, my immediate impression, when she landed on Earth, breaking through the roof of Blockbuster, yeah. when she stood up and she went onto her comms unit, and it almost felt like a Buzz Lightyear moment where she was like, Buzz Lightyear to start command. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, like I thought, oh, is this going to be the theme of the movie where mm-hmm. she's going to be that fish out of water and people don't believe she's really an alien? Yeah. Um, but they really dispelled that very quickly when she yeah. shot her, like, her, her uh, what is it called, the, that bio blast? Oh, the photon blast. Photon blast, yeah, 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 at, yeah. At, at the wall. They really got rid of that quickly. So, okay, I'm like, oh, it's not going to take that route. Yeah. Um, the 90s stuff was cool, but it just kind of felt like it was getting shoved down my throat a little too much. Yeah, I think there was a conscious decision to make this movie not super comedic. Um, I feel like it could have benefited from some wacky screwball comedy, you know? It was a little bit serious for me. So, um, you know, they can't make the same movie over and over again. They don't want to try to remake Thor Ragnarok, I get that, but... Yeah, I'm with you, you know. Um, some of the stuff fell a little flat. There's no question. I mean, the people that I watched the movie with and everyone that was around me, their comments after the movie was like, man, that end credit scene, that mid credit scene, that was awesome. <laughs> and my first yeah. thought was like, if you're sitting through this movie and your highlight is the mid credit scene, that's kind of a problem. <laughs> yeah, certainly, certainly. <laughs> um, so let's not totally trash the movie. Maybe we'll get into some of the th- the aspects that we enjoyed, yeah? Oh, wait, hold on. Okay, go ahead, please. <laughs> and uh, I'm not trying to trash the movie. I really am not. But, like, do you think the movie would have been the same if Nick Fury wasn't, if he wasn't such a big part of the movie? Do you think that mm. she could have carried the entire movie herself? Because I feel like a lot of the things that I enjoyed about the movie was because Sam Jackson, because yeah, Nick Fury yeah. was there. Oh, it certainly needed... A sidekick character whether it's fury or someone else it needed something to offset captain marvel um yeah i thought sam jackson was really good in the role and um it was cool seeing a young nick fury and uh, the de-aging cgi was pretty damn good too you know i thought it was uh pretty effective so I, yeah i totally liked uh, nick fury in this movie definitely you think the movie would have been completely different had he not been there like you think brie larson could have carried the film I don't think so. Yeah, I, I think it, it needed it needed something to offset her. You know, much like uh, Chris Pine in Wonder Woman. It, that movie needed that character, and uh, this movie certainly needed the Nick Fury character. But I don't think Chris Pine was there all the way through, though. You know what I mean? Oh, right. That's true. That's like, true. there was, like, this 70-30, like, ratio. To me, it felt like Nick Fury was there at almost every step of the way. Yeah. Well, you know, that's another point I was I just thought of that this movie really kind of relied on a lot of old tricks you know Nick Fury was in it a lot like you said it it had the tesseract in it quite a bit you know and it and it kind of uh, used our Avengers fandom uh, to the, the formula this is the formula yeah to stick with the formula in in, in a way certainly um, so yeah you know I think there are certainly things the movie could have done better. 
And they took an interesting um, route with the the scroll. I mean, yeah. Uh, as far as I've read them in the comics, they've been bad through and through. They take yeah. a very interesting perspective here where they are seen more as uh, like refugees, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the huge twist, that the Skrulls are not the enemies here. You know, they're, they're good guys in this movie. Um, so, yeah, I think there were definitely some twists and turns that I wasn't expecting and I enjoyed for sure. I think um, where the movie, yeah. though, really opened up for me was when she decides when Captain Marvel decides to just let loose and start using her, what are they called again? Oh, photon, photon blasts. blasts. Yeah. And she just destroys Ronan's like, you know, ship and yeah. like, it's like, Oh cool. Okay. This is, this is <laughs> happening. Like yeah. this is, this is uh you know, right. this, is, it, this is her power. It gives us all hope for end game, right? Okay. This is the weapon that we need for Thanos. Right. So, yeah, you know, that's cool. And, uh, th- yeah, there were definitely some moments. I, you know, I like the, the 90s retro stuff, you know. Um, I liked it too, but it just felt, I don't know, it didn't feel too forced to you. Like, it's like. A little bit, but, I mean, come on. The, the scene where they're loading the CD into the computer. That's hilarious. That was legit hilarious, right? They're waiting and waiting and waiting. Of course, Captain Marvel is the one to ask, like, what the heck's going on? Because, you know, she's not familiar with Earth's yeah. shitty technology. <laughs> and we get a young Agent Coulson. <laughs> yes, that's right. Although I got to say, with uh, the de-aging of Fury, I thought that was good, but the de-aging of Coulson didn't quite look right to me. Like, he looked <laughs> a little too, like, waxy or something. I don't like know. Like, he still looked like he walked off the set of Avengers? <laughs> something like Just that. Just a little more hair comb forward? Looked a little off, a little off. But I totally dug that retro thing where it was like, Fury and Coulson and that old car kind of had like a, a 90s buddy cop vibe, you know? That was cool. Like all the retro stuff was was awesome. Like the music, you know, like all the uh, the No Doubt and Elastica. I do like all, all the I do like all the song selections that were made for the, the soundtrack. Although yeah. it sounded like some people had issue with Nirvana playing um, ah. because of the time that movie, the time that song had come out and the, you know, the time of where the movie takes place. Oh, you might want to like, fact check that. Is there like a continuity error or something? It, I don't know. It might be. <laughs> I, I thought I saw something like that. I didn't bother to look at it myself okay. just because I like that song. So yeah. it's not a huge deal to me. Probably someone with too much hands, uh, too much time on their hands <laughs> complained about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, what else? Uh, let's see. Oh, you know, I wanted to call out the aesthetics of the movie. I thought the movie looked really cool. You know, like... Um, there was a scene in like a, a records room is like the project Pegasus records room. Yeah. Really cool look to it. You know, um, I kind of wish there was more of that in the movie, but overall I thought, yeah, the movie looked cool. It's a little different, you know, not quite what we've seen before. It wasn't full on cosmic. It wasn't full on like nineties retro earth, but like, yeah, I just, it, it was visually interesting. I thought, so, um, I thought it worked on that level. For sure. Yeah, I would. I would like to see more of like Captain Marvel's background on Earth, mm-hmm. her background on uh, what's the name of the planet? Oh, it's on? Uh, Hala. Hala. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that's why it was hard for me to like gauge. You know where I can get an understanding of Captain Marvel. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, certainly I agree with you that it would have been cool to see more of her 
her background on Earth. I could kind of do without the hollow stuff, though. Like I was saying, the beginning of the movie kind of fell flat for me. Like for about 15, 20 minutes, I was like, I kind of don't need to see this. Like there was this battle. It was like Kree versus Skrull. And you have no idea who these characters are, right? They're just kind of thrown into the movie. And um, you kind of don't care about what's happening. And you don't really know what's happening. So I was, yeah, I was kind of baffled. And the movie really didn't start for me when until when uh, she went to earth yeah okay so what else now I think we have to talk about the Stan Lee cameo right um, I, I'm I've been fairly vocal about like I could sort of do without Stan Lee cameos and you know some might argue like I got my wish now that Stan is gone <laughs> Um, but I have to say, this was a great one, you know? The Mallrats reference. Yeah. Oh, my God. So that means, oh, I think Jane Silent Bob or Kevin Smith made a comment about that. He took a picture of himself in tears. Yeah, I saw that. Because of that reference. And yeah. so now that opens the question, does the view askew continuity live <laughs> in the MCU? And it certainly does. And also it begs the question, does the man... Stan Lee exists in the MCU. I mean, I think there's no question he does now, right? Because before he was always somebody. He wasn't necessarily he was Stan Lee. Yeah, yeah, he, he was a character. He was a character. Yep. But now we can say definitively that Stan the Man does exist here. He was playing himself. <laughs> you know, he, he, he was either auditioning for Mallrats or he was getting ready to shoot a scene in Mallrats. Right? Or he could be a scroll. <laughs> right. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Hmm. I did notice Captain Marvel give him a little smile, so maybe she knew that he wasn't a scroll. But it's you know it's possible, I suppose. <laughs> but man, that was great. I, I was I was laughing my ass off when I saw that and when he's holding up the the Mallrat script. Yeah, really <laughs> subtle. I mean, yeah, and it and it it works well. You know, it's it's a Stanley cameo and it's wedged in there. But you know, if we're talking about '90s retro. And it, it, this movie takes place in 1995, so the timeline fits, and uh, it's great. And, you know, the fact that Kevin Smith is a huge comic book person, I, I think it's just, yeah, it's pretty special. I think yeah. it's really awesome. Yeah. So, um, yeah, maybe before we get off of uh, the positives, any, any other things, any other aspects of this movie that you particularly enjoyed? Any cool stuff to bring up? I think that Goose is going to take down Thanos. <laughs> Very possible. Goose is I think he might be the real true power <laughs> of the MCU here because that cat can swallow, or sorry, Flurkin. Flurkin, yes. Yeah. They can swallow entire galaxies. Yeah, the, the, uh, the power of Goose is as of yet undetermined, right? <laughs> I mean, the, just the fact that Goose can swallow the Tesseract and keep it in its belly. I mean, that's that's got to be powerful. Right? I think I think what's happening is that when he when when Flurkins swallow these things, they actually like deposit them into these uh, pocket dimensions. Oh, okay, yeah, I think I heard about that. Something along those lines. Mm. Yeah. Well, then that just you know proves my point further that. They're even more powerful if they have these pocket dimensions inside of them. 
their power is unlimited. <laughs> um, yeah, there's the uh, the post credit scene with Goose. Um, definitely stick around to the very un- end on this one um, because uh, you do see a Tesseract coming out of Goose like a hairball. Pretty hilarious. Um, now, now after yeah. after the movie, did you guys talk timeline in terms of where the Tesseract was and how it came to be? Did you try to piece that together? I did talk about that a bit with my wife, and she was kind of confused because she's like, oh, I thought... Uh, I thought the Tesseract was like in outer space or something, but the, I think the timeline with the Tesseract totally lines up because the last time we saw it chronologically was in the ocean uh, during World War II. Wait, you mean the first time? Well, I'm just talking chronologically. When did we last see it? You know, So before 1995, we saw it um, getting picked up off of the ocean floor by Howard Stark, right? Yeah, because originally Red Skull had it in yes. Captain America First Avenger. That's right. Howard Stark picked it up. So it is not a stretch of the imagination to say that it stayed within the U.S. government all this time, and it ended up in uh, Marvel's hand, right? Uh, so that all lines up. The, the Tesseract timeline, I think, still works. Now, Captain Marvel's power. So she was just a regular, normal you know, person. Yep. And she gets her power by accident, by having the light engine just explode in her Mm -hmm. face. Yes, which apparently was powered by the Tesseract. So now she's a living embodiment of the Tesseract. I guess you could say that. I mean, it's not super clear. My theory is that it's the combination of the Tesseract and Carol Danvers that created this uh, all-powerful being. Like there's something in the combination of the two that unlocked something super powerful, right? So Carol Danvers has like a power dormant within her. Something like that. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. She's a mutant. <laughs> Ooh. Well, we can say that, right? After midnight tonight. <laughs> do, do you know much of her character in the comics? Um, not a whole lot. I, I did read... Um, Miss Marvel one, but the, the origin story is, is quite different, if I recall. Um, so yeah, I'm not super familiar with this character, and um, from the sounds of it, any Captain Marvel origin story is pretty far fetched, <laughs> and uh, this movie is certainly uh, no different. Yeah, how do you think she fits in the greater like MCU uh, timeline or profile? Yeah, you know, that's a good question because if she left Earth in 1995, she was gone a long time. If she doesn't return to Earth until Avengers Endgame, right? that's a long time. I mean, granted, it seemed like she had a lot to sort out. She was going to end this uh, Kree-Scroll war, right? Um, but that's a long time to be people. Away. People are questioning why it took Endgame for Nick Fury to finally page uh, Captain Marvel. Like you would yeah. think that the, the the world event of what happened in New York in the first Avengers, that would be enough alarm to say, I better call Captain Marvel and have her do her thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I was having the same thought, you know? Like you would think some of the stuff that Fury had experienced would warrant a call to Captain Marvel, like, right? this is the end of the world. We better do something about right. it. You know, if not the end of Winter Soldier, then most certainly the end of Avengers 1, right? 
I mean, we're talking a catastrophic event. So, yeah, it's kind of a head-scratcher. You know, at the end of Infinity War, he does page Captain Marvel, but, you know, what what is happening? All, all he is seeing is some people disappearing, right? Yeah. He doesn't could, really know the extent of it. It could just be an isolated event. <laughs> yeah, I wonder about all that. Speaking of head-scratcher, scratcher specifically, mm-hmm. we see how Nick Fury loses his eye. Yes. Which I had is a, very, very trivial. I had a big problem with this. This is totally ridiculous to me. You know, <laughs> they were setting up this thing of, ooh, how did Nick Fury lose his eye, right? They kind of teased it earlier with a car accident. They're like, oh, is your eye okay, you know? Um, and what's the big payoff? It's that it's scratched out by a cat. <laughs> I mean, come on, you know? First of all, it's pretty ridiculous that that's how it went down that kind of annoys me but what really annoys me is that he was nothing but nice and sweet to this cat (laughs) he was he was like nicer to this cat than anyone else in this entire movie this is coming from a place where i know you're a cat person i am a cat (laughs) person and this pissed me off because you know cats are very sweet creatures now granted i guess this is not technically technically a cat it's a flurkin but that really annoyed me. You know, it, it, it kind of gave cats a bad name in a, in a way, you know. So I don't like it, and um, I'm sticking to that. I'm, I'm a little surprised. Maybe I shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd be more fired up about just the trivialness of this, but you do make a good point that, it, like, it, yeah, it was annoying. He was loyal to uh, Goose, and Goose did him wrong. Yeah, yeah. I like to think, as a cat person, that. If you're kind to a cat, the cat will be kind to you. There's a kind of this symbiotic relationship going on there. There's a, there's a special bond between a man and a cat. And uh, this movie did not reflect that. So, you think you think they had yeah. that in mind when they originally wrote the script? Like, okay, this is where we're going to find it. We got a young <laughs> Nick Fury. This is how we're going to this is how we're going to show how he loses You know, that I did hear a little bit about this. The directors commented on it and they said it was pretty early on in the script that they made this decision. It wasn't like a late in the game sort of thing. They dis- they made the decision early on. They went for it and um, yeah, didn't fly so great with me, but <laughs> shit happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's that. Um, uh, another thing I wasn't a huge fan of was the villain of this movie. So Jude Law plays the villainous. Ooh. Yeah, Jan Rog. Uh, so kind of an interesting twist here. You think he's uh, the mentor of uh, Carol Danvers, a.k.a. Veers. Uh, but no, actually, he is controlling and manipulating her and is really the big bad of the movie, right? See, this is where it gets super Disney because I don't know if you've seen Frozen or a lot of like the like more recent like Disney films. Not so much. Wreck-It Ralph. I did see Ralph that. Breaks the Internet. It seems like they're doing this thing where it's like, at the end of the movie, you can ask yourself, well, who's really the bad guy here? Yeah. Right? Oh, uh, it was like that with Inside Out. Okay. And I think that really carried on here. It's like, who really is <laughs> the bad guy? Because, yeah. I mean, like, it seems like, I mean, I mean, you pointed out how Jude Law has an agenda, but, yeah, I mean, he didn't come off as, like, super villainy, villainous. Yeah. I mean, I know he had, we all know he had bad intentions and he had, you know, pulled a veil over um, Captain Marvel's like 
real identity and what her yeah, purpose was, yeah. but like he's not Thanos, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and even the bad guy who we thought was supposed to be the bad guy, the Skrull, I forget his character's name, he ended up becoming like the most likable oh, guy. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, by uh, the end of the Talos, movie. Talos, yeah. his name is, yeah. Yeah, that was a pretty cool character. Um, yeah, you know, I know what you're saying. And um, yeah, the, the Jude Law character didn't really work for me. But you know, here's where I'm almost thinking, like from a female perspective, that character maybe works better because I feel like what what Jan Rog does to Veers throughout the movie is what a lot of men do to women in their lives. You know, they keep them, well, they try to keep them in their place and um, it's all about like, you know, you have to prove yourself to me, you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, so... Yeah, maybe maybe so pro- this proving ground is the <laughs> is the villain here. Yeah, and you know, whereas I'm like, oh, I want to see a great, like, epic hero villain showdown. Um, we didn't really get that here. Uh, so yeah, you know, as a red-blooded hetero American male, I was looking forward to a a slugfest to end the movie and. Um, the very end kind of subverted that, right? So I, I think... <laughs> yeah. um, With was, the uh, Han shot first. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty cool, you know? And finish. again, I think it was kind of meant for women to relate to a bit. You know, that, that line she says is so great where she says, I have nothing to prove to you, you know? Um, pretty awesome. And yeah, when she just blasts him with that photon blast, <laughs> pretty sweet. Yeah, a very uh, Han Solo slash... Indiana Jones kind of thing, um, but pretty cool. You know, I think a, a, a nice way to end the movie. Um, not a perfect movie, but I think there were, there was plenty to like about this. Uh, any final thoughts uh, on Captain Marvel, Rainier? My wife liked it. My kids liked it. I think that counts. <laughs> and your wife and kids happen to be all female. Mm-hmm. Let it be noted. Um, so look, you know, um, I think there is absolutely an aspect of this movie wasn't meant for just us. In fact, you could argue if we are much of the primary target audience at all, you know? I would have liked to have just seen more. I feel like I feel like I would have liked to have seen more of either Carol Danvers or as Vers, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I feel like I just didn't get enough of that. And, you know, that's not the worst thing. We will see more of Captain Marvel. Um, and uh, I felt the same way. You know, I'm, I'm thirsting for more. Uh, I did enjoy Brie Larson's performance. And, um, yeah, I'm totally looking forward to uh, what she can bring to Endgame, no doubt. You know, I, I think th- there's definitely a feeling of hope. You know, when audiences saw Captain Marvel with the Avengers at the end of the movie during that uh, mid-credit scene, you could, you could feel the audience kind of perk up, like, whoa, here we go. You know, like, uh, at the end of Infinity War, uh, we have the Stormbreaker, right? And that felt like, oh, shit, this is, this is the weapon we need for Thanos. And after that didn't work out, now it's Captain Marvel, right? She's uh, the ace in the hole here, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yep, Brie Larson, like her strength definitely shines through. 
like that that badass like you know don't mess with me attitude definitely shines through and i like that and it was fun yeah it's fun you know um i feel like uh we talked a fair amount of shit about this movie in the last 40 minutes we completely just dumping i I feel bad i'm not trying to dump on this movie i don't think either of us are trying to send that message so i see this movie if you haven't seen it go watch this movie um and i I recommend it you know i think a lot of it is this studio marvel studios has set such a high bar that um you know, especially lately. You know, look at the last few movies. We're talking Infinity War, Black Panther, Ragnarok, uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming. I mean, dude, like they've been cranking out the hits. So it's uh, it's a high bar. It's just a high bar. That's what it is. You know, there there is that conversation that's happening out there where people are trying to like point fingers as to what. I don't know if you've seen the Rotten Tomato score. Uh, I did. It was like 80 or so, And again, right? I kind of take this, I take Rotten Tomatoes with a grain of salt, yeah. but like, I mean, it is a bit of an earmark sometimes yeah. about how the audience score is completely trashing the movie. Oh, right, right. And how the, you know, the official RT rating is, I think it's at like, I think it's like high 70s actually. Okay. Um, what was I going to get to here? Um, that people are, there's, there's, a, there's a conversation happening out there where people are like, you know, well... Maybe I mean, is it is it not is it not realistic that Marvel has actually made a bad movie for once? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, is that it's almost as if that that question is impossible. And by no means do I think this movie is a bad movie. No. But I mean, I I feel like you and I I, I feel like there are a lot of people that share that same. Um, sentiment about how it just wasn't quite there for us yeah, comparing yeah. it to the other Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And I would add that by no means has Marvel Studios cranked out 100% great movies. You know, I will point directly to Iron Man 3, Iron Man 3 <laughs> yeah, and Thor <laughs> the Dark World. Those are like shitty ass movies, you know? So come on. I, I think this movie is far superior to those two movies and I by no means is it uh, you know a thumbs down like I said so a lot to like here and um, yeah I think it really is just a production company that is is so proven you know it's just any time that something's a little bit off um, it's just a little unexpected so we're, we're spoiled basically right <laughs> Yeah, that we could be this picky about. I mean, we would never see these movies if it was like. I mean, like twenty years ago, thirty. You know, these movies, the comic book movies, were just a a joke. Yeah, yeah. We're we're getting greedy. We're definitely spoiled. Uh, So, yeah, take it with a grain of salt. Now we're getting everything under the sun, and it's like people are you know, beggars are being (laughs) choosers now, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's within. A geek's nature to complain and I guess that's maybe we're kind of what we're doing here uh, but no doubt we got it good you know we're spoiled and uh, I think maybe we should uh, try to appreciate what we have right yeah and with that we can wrap up the episode this is farewell from Henry and Rainier <laughs>